All right. Well, we are doing a podcast. We are doing a That's Good Sports podcast right now. Will Keys is here with me. I am Brandon Perna. This is our podcast today. A lot of NFL stuff to talk about. Odell Beckham, uh, an arrest warrant has been <laughs> issued by Louisiana police for simple battery after Odell slapped a security guard or a cop. I think it's a security guard. Uh, on the ass after LSU won the uh, game for college championshipness. That's what they call it. Yep. Drew Rosenhaus has dropped Antonio Brown as his client. We've got some Broncos news to discuss. Uh, Pat Shermer being hired after they fired Rich Scangarello. Devontae Bosby is ready to come back for the Broncos secondary. I watched some of the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. And of course, we've got Titans versus Chiefs and Packers versus 49ers in the championship games this weekend. Will, how upset are you that the Chiefs are are playing in the championship game? I I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed in the Texans. I can't really put that performance in the words. Um, it was like, I don't know how to explain it really. It's like, um, it's like climbing, you know, nine tenths of the way to, to Mount Everest and then just getting kicked off and falling down all the way to, (laughs) to sea level. That's really what it felt like just watching the game. I think it's more like uh, getting to base camp with ease and then just giving up once you see Mount Everest. Yeah, maybe. Um, it's it's – uh, I'm trying to think because the Texans choking like that, it did not surprise me. No, no, absolutely um, not. And I thought, I thought if they would have – if they could have gotten to, you know, 31 points or whatever – that I was going to be like, okay, they're going to win this game. But even looking back now, they would have needed to get to, I would say, in the 40s uh, because, you know, the Chiefs scored 41 straight points. So Texans really, right. if they scored just one or two more touchdowns, might have, might have slowed the Chiefs down. And I want to put this like in a top choke game, but the Texans gave away their lead so early that it almost doesn't feel like they they choked as much as I don't know they just go, scored all their points in one quarter instead of uh, throughout the the period of a, a game where they got their ass kicked. Right. Yeah. I'm just gonna say it's tough to win a game when you give up 41 straight points. <laughs> it's tough to do that. But you know, far be it from uh, a Houston football team to to blow it in the playoffs like that. Yeah. I mean, the Texans going into that game. Uh, with the the Seahawks were the only team that gave up more points per game this season than Houston. So it's one of those things where it just shows, I think, postseason, if your defense is not really good, you're probably going to fucking lose at some point. And I'm with you, definitely I'm showed with that. You. Definitely showed that. So better defenses this week. Yeah, uh, better defenses. The – Titans beating the Ravens didn't su- didn't surprise me because I thought the Titans were a good team heading into that game, but I thought the Ravens were 
possibly the best team in football. So, and I really, I really wanted to see a Ravens 49ers Super Bowl, but now maybe hopefully 49ers Titans Super Bowl. I don't know. Tom. Yeah, I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd be happy with 49ers Titans. I think that's, um, that, you know, that game would probably be over in 45 minutes because I don't think either team would really throw the ball. Um, but Super Bowls are too long anyways, so. Are they, though? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you got to suck up every last drop yeah, of football. While it's that still last playing. game. You just hold on for dear life. You know what was too long, though, was the national championship. That was like five hours. Yeah, that was long. Um, I watched, I think, an hour of the pregame. And I feel like I am fully abreast on everything I need to know about college football. Yeah, I think that covered it pretty much for the whole season. (laughs) Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. And their website is so easy, they even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a small, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about this Odell thing because yeah, all right. So the big story at first was he gave players money on the field afterwards, which you can or cannot do. There's weird rules about money in the NCAA, so that was like a huge story. He gave them, <laughs> he got, he got giving them Dre's uh, Beats headphones cleared through the NCAA. But the money was was an issue. But then, today, maybe to distract from the money issue, maybe this is the NCAA trying to shift gears. Uh, In the locker room after the game, he slapped a security guard's ass because I think the security guard was telling one of the LSU players to put a cigar out or something. I I don't fucking know exactly what was going on but yeah now he and the browns are having to deal with the louisiana police to try to square this out he could be fined up to a thousand dollars or you could go to jail for six months which we know is not going to happen unless kevin stefanski's like maybe put him in jail for six months so he'll just be ready to focus on training camp i don't know could be well michael michael vick got better after going to jail so who knows how long did Vic do year and a half almost two years he he did two years two years yeah I believe yeah that's like like full seasons of football at least that's it's one of my favorite moments on the office when uh they make a Michael Vic joke and (laughs) Daryl they just cut to Daryl he's like hey Vic served his time (laughs) he did he did Vic served no he did 
People uh, don't want to forgive in the real world, though. No, not really. Um, especially the the PETA crazies. Oh man. Uh, anyway, from one out of control wide receiver to the next, Antonio Brown was dropped <clears throat> by his agent, uh, a guy who notoriously sticks to his players, a guy who sticked to Antonio Brown probably too long. Drew Drew Rosenhaus uh, dropped Antonio Brown as a client. And basically said, I will work with Antonio Brown in the future, hopefully, but not until he gets help. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that kind of begs the question, um, why now? Why, um, why was this like a bridge too far for him and not the 10,463 things that came before it? Yeah, why was throwing a bag of dicks at – that police man, Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham, really not yeah. a fan of law enforcement. No. Uh, Odell's, I get a little more just because, you know, the security guards probably like coming down on LSU's high after winnings. Like, hey, just let the guys do what they want in the locker room. The police were trying to help Antonio Brown. <laughs> like, right. Uh, and he, he, the, the police, the police said they are also done with Antonio Brown. Like they're not basically, uh, not coming out to, oh no, they, they, he had a flag football. He had some sort of football league through them or I don't know. They dropped it, whatever. They, they're done with him. Uh, I shouldn't even mention it cause I, I saw the article. I started to read it and I never like followed up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Odell Beckham Jr. threw a, threw a bag of gummy dicks. And uh, that was the last straw for Drew Rosenhaus. Is it Haas or House? House. House. Yeah. Mm. Should be spelled like House from House. He's got a big house. Yeah, he All does. All money. All that money. Yeah, All so it's money. like, did, did he drop him because he really thinks AB needs help now? Or is it like, oh, he's not going to be getting paid for a while and I'm not going to uh, yeah. money? Uh, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Um, wasn't Rosenhaus T.O.'s agent back in the day? He was, yeah. I He's, think, um, yeah, just the agent for all the crazy wide receivers pretty much. Yeah, I think somebody on Twitter said, uh, said this, and I thought it was really funny. It was like, remember when T.O. working out in his driveway was the most offensive thing a wide receiver had done? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I, yeah, why did people care about that again? I don't know. He was, like, he was doing crunches in his driveway and – that I mean, like I've the, never worked out my driveway, but... Um, oh, I have. I have oh, before. Yeah. I is, guess if you have a driveway, you might as well take advantage yeah. of it. Actually, it wasn't my driveway. It was my parents' driveway. But uh, it's like, I, yeah. the weather's nice. You can just take some barbells out there. And they live where there's like not many people around, so you don't feel like, uh, you know, an idiot. Doing my your, driveway is too steep. Doing your squats with 20 pounds, so nobody will judge yeah. you. Of course, yeah. Yeah, working on those legs. Um, here's a wide receiver that is not crazy, as far as I know. <laughs> Cortland Sutton is going to the Pro Bowl because DeAndre Hopkins uh, is so embarrassed by the Texans' performance against the Chiefs that he will not show his face at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I don't Serving. blame him. I think uh, Hopkins likes to go to Europe in the offseason. I would just get over there immediately. Uh, nice to see Cortland Sutton going. Maybe that will give me a reason to watch the Pro Bowl. I don't know. Probably uh, still not. It is so nice to just take a break from football that weekend. 
Yeah, oh, definitely. Like after the grind of it, oh man. Here's a wait. Okay, so before we go into the Broncos stuff, right now a lot of people with AB, right? Because the thing, the the bag of dicks thing, he was screaming at his the mother of his children. He was claiming that she was trying to steal a Bentley that he previously had gifted her. And he was just saying like terrible things in front of his very young children, yelling at the cops. Like that was the disturbing part of it. And we've like, we've known AB. I don't like people are saying he has CTE and other people are saying like, he just might be crazy. I don't know. I'm not going to say he definitely has CTE because we can't really know until he's dead. And I don't want to say he's crazy, but he appears to be crazy. So knowing with what I kind of watched from the Aaron Hernandez documentary so far, and that he was definitely suffering from CTE and started, but I guess like his behavior though, Aaron Hernandez had like this whole history of having kind of a, a, a weird rough childhood when his dad died from a hernia surgery. His dad was abusive. His mom was not stable. He ended up uh, kind of being raised by a woman who was not a great influence in his life. He got involved with some of the wrong people through having to purchase weed through drug dealers. Like he had all of these other things that kind of built who he was as a, as you know, a person. Right. AB, I don't really know AB's backstory. I do know, like, he was not a, a big issue until um, basically the, the Facebook videos when things started to get weird with Antonio Brown afterwards. So yeah, it's hard to say yeah. if if a, a brain injury led to a change in behavior because we don't know what happened before. Um, but I think Rosenhaus leaving him is like the thing. Whether it doesn't matter what the reason is, I think a lot of people think he needs some sort of help. And he's not willing to admit that. And I don't think he's going to get it unless something bad happens because you have to see that there's a problem. And uh, I don't know if, if he realizes that, but I don't know. I just kind of wanted to talk about it because they kind of correlated, but I think they're very, very different stories. Yeah. I mean, the stories about Antonio Brown, uh, he did have a rough childhood from uh, what I can remember. Um, Okay. But people say he changed when he got paid, really, for the first time. Yeah, that um, I mean, so a lot of people of, do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you went off the deep end. But uh, to get paid yeah. that much money, it it should change a person, I think. I mean, when I started to get money, I used to have nothing in this background. Now look at all of that bullshit I got back there. I got envelopes. I got an yeah, old microphone that doesn't work that I haven't even thrown away because yep. <laughs> why take the time? The butler do that. Yep. Pull up bar. Lamp. Is it? That's rich people shit right there. A projector. I got the, yeah, I got a projector for free because I'm so rich. I don't even have to free buy projector. it anymore. Yep. Yeah. Um, big flex, big flex. Yeah. I'm big, big time in it now, Willie. What can you say? Can I just start uh, calling you Willie? Yeah, you call me whatever you want. Does anybody call you? Does anybody checks. call you Willie? No, not really. You went to the gym earlier, right? I did. Yeah. What's uh? What's your workout routine like? Uh, I did um, 
20 minutes on the Stairmaster. You get that, that butt looking nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, another 15 on the elliptical. Uh, so my roommate doesn't call me fat anymore. And uh, a bunch of push-ups. I just do push-ups, really. Fair enough. Which you don't really need to go to the gym for. Uh, but it, it feels better. <laughs> just, I, I think it'd be funny if like you're paying for this gym membership and you just go next to every machine there designed to work your muscles and you just yeah. do body weight exercises next yeah. to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so push-ups yeah. next to the, the bench. Uh, what's the hack squat machine? Just go and do air squats next to it. <laughs> well, yep. somebody, um, what else? I like to just lean on the machines and like yeah. take deep breaths and lean act on the like machines and do like side leg extensions. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> Work your butt and your side muscle. I don't mm. know what it's called. Um, butt side muscle. I was just curious. Anatomy 101. Yeah. I mean, I, I might start working out my driveway. Who knows? You should trust yeah. me. It's worth it. All right. So also Devonte Bosby, our favorite AAF corner turned NFL pro who was looking good for the Broncos who suffered an Hell injury, yeah. tweeted an update saying, FYI, I am at full health and have been 100% quite some time now. Ready for the 2020 season. Let's rock. Spelled R-O-C-C. So you know he means business. Yeah. Um, this is big. I mean, that was a pretty scary neck injury. Uh, that he had yeah it was week five and he was having a really really solid season up until then I thought uh if you know the Broncos quarterback situation isn't as dire well I mean it kind of hinges on a couple of things which we don't know uh how they're gonna play out uh but the health of Bryce Callahan you know he could be back and in good shape for next season which of course we don't know because we thought he was gonna play uh for like 12 straight weeks and he never did bosby of course is is uh back and that's that's gonna help a lot feels like adam got better over the course of the season yeah well they put him they put him back into the starting lineup so um we know at least the you know the coaches believe in in yadam and yeah he seemed to play better as well uh harris had a few good moments so i think he's good depth at, at yeah. least that's um, like because we didn't know about any of those guys so it's basically if they lose chris harris which there's a small chance that they keep him but he's probably gone um if they and they've said that they're probably going to target a corner in free agency so yeah, if they yeah. do add one good corner then you're feeling pretty good about the broncos secondary especially if justin right. simmons comes back with kareem jackson your safeties are set. If they can keep oh, yeah. Will Parks Justin too, coming back. Uh, if they can keep Will Parks too, that's great. But yeah, they they basically need one corner, and then they can draft a corner as well, and you'll have you know a lot of depth, which they needed every bit of this last season. But maybe Callahan's healthy, and uh, corners that are available. You have Byron Jones from the Cowboys. He's the he's like the number one or well probably like the number two or three free agent, yeah. Amari Cooper's probably considered first, right. although I would rather go after Chris Jones just because I think that position's a little more valuable than wide receiver. Uh, and then yeah. Byron Jones probably three. And it feels like with the wide receiver heavy draft, you can probably draft a guy. 
right. James Bradbury from uh, Carolina is another corner. Uh, I'm just reading off the list here. Because uh, then they have Chris Harris. Then they've got Trey Waynes. Oh, yeah, Bradley Roby from Houston. He'll be available again. And uh, the guy we talked about in our last episode, Logan Ryan. So Right. Yeah, that's kind of who I, I think they should go after. There's the the point is there's options out there. So if they, they lose Chris are. Harris, yeah, it's hard because you're not. It, Chris Harris is a hard corner to replace, but he may have started to show signs of back. just yeah. getting a little bit older. And but maybe like if you move Harris back to just being more of your, I don't know, slot corner, maybe that's all he needs but I don't know yeah I mean he was kind of in a tough spot because they didn't have the guys on the outside um, because I think I guess they're counting on Callahan to do that although Callahan I think plays a little bit of slot too yeah uh, but yeah they're kind of he kind of played him not out of position because he's a great corner and he can play anywhere but uh, not in the you know uh, the best place to maximize what he does well right which is you know Lock, lockdown guys in the slot and honestly like if the I mean the, the Broncos did offer Harris you know an extension but their thought with Callahan might be might have been long term this is the guy we can use to replace Chris Harris if we don't keep him because they both do play similar style of, of corner so right yeah um, both really physical I guess Derek Wolf went on the radio today and said the team has not reached out to him yet uh, probably because they were busy firing offensive coordinators, but that uh, he didn't say that. I did, but he wants to stay in Denver. But he said he is not doing what he did last time. So I don't think Wolf is going to take a discount. Yeah. Um, it's hard to ask a guy like Derek Wolf, I think, to take a discount because he one, took one. <laughs> he he. Well, I mean, yeah, he already did one. Uh, he played very well this last season in. I'm not sure everybody knows this, but like Derek Wolf, he plays every week and he plays through a ton of injuries. He does. Yeah. I mean, he missed a couple games at the end there. I still had seven sacks. Yeah. When he dislocated his elbow is when he, you know, stopped playing, but yeah, like as a three, four defensive tackle too, like, you you know, you're not uh, in a position to get a ton of sacks and he still did. And yeah, he's, he's great against the run too, but right. Um, I'm saying like Wolf is, I feel like Derek Wolf's going to be the kind of guy once he retires, his body's going to hate him because he doesn't care what's wrong with him. If he's cleared by the doctors, like he's the guy who's going to play through some shit. So you're asking a guy who's going to put it all on the line every week to take a, you know, a hometown discount. And that I feel like is kind of shitty because there'll be another team that values that. And, you know, they'll take Wolf. but Of course, yeah. And the other question is, what do you do with Shelby Harris? Because it's probably one or the other. And, you know, furthermore, you drafted Draymond Jones in the third round. Yeah. And he showed, uh, I think, enough at the end of the season to be like, all right, this is a guy we can roll with as a week one starter. Um, Demarcus Walker, too, I think is, you know, at least uh, – a rotation guy, if not a potential starter, he's going to be in a contract year. Yeah, so that's well interesting. Him. 
He saw a lot more playing time this year with Vic Fangio. Yeah, and it feels like he's always good whenever he gets the chance. Yeah, he's, it's, he's like a weird story, too, because he played less at the end of the year. I feel I don't know if he had an injury or what, but I feel like they needed him more at the end of the year, but he was, like, inactive, and I yeah. don't know what the fucking story is with him. It's strange, and he played out of position his first two years, and once they got him in at defensive tackle or defensive end, whichever you want to call it, in the 3-4, you know, he was, he was uh, producing. I think he had a couple sacks in that Jacksonville game. He was getting pressure. Um, you know, I yeah. don't – you know, I'm not an expert. I don't know if he was, like, out of position ever, like, letting runs get by. Um, because, obviously, like, they got toasted in that Jacksonville game by Leonard Fournette. So, like, maybe he's partially responsible for that and they you know, reduced his role. But – Feels like he can make it into the rotation at least, and that gives him a lot more, uh, a few more options and depth yeah. there, which is 20, always nice. The, the, the 2019 Broncos uh, got absolutely gashed by Leonard Fournette and completely shut down Derrick Henry. Right. Makes sense. Total, it totally makes sense. It, same way uh, the Pat Shermer hiring made so much sense. Um, did it, what was your immediate reaction? Because I, at first I was like, fuck, why? Why did we do this? Yeah. No, I was pissed. I was yeah. like, this – I don't know, man. Like, I didn't think the firing of Rich Scangarello made a lot of sense. But everybody was like, the Broncos got somebody in mind. They got somebody in mind. I was like, oh, cool. Maybe they're, they're getting a guy <laughs> we're going to be really excited about. And the guy they had in mind was Pat Shermer. Right, and, which, like, well, let's be fair – a much better offensive coordinator than a head coach. He's like the classic guy who fits as an OC and is just not like not cut out to be a head coach. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, um, but I don't even know how of good guys. of an offensive coordinator he is. I mean, well, he got that he got that New York job pretty much solely based on uh, what he did with Case Keenum in 2017. I know, but like even it's that, crazy. like. The Vikings offense wasn't that great that year. It was just because they had Case Keenum. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, that's the question. Like, did he is he really good because he got a slightly above offensive performance out of the Vikings with Case Keenum? All right, let's look at the quarterbacks that he's played with. No, he hasn't played with any. And well, I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna just. It's Nick Foles. It's Sam Bradford. It's Case Keenum. Yeah. It's. Uh, Maybe Mark Sanchez even for a little bit. All right. In he was the quarterbacks coach uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, 2002 to 2008. The quarterback there, of course, was Donovan McNabb. Had a lot of success. Pretty easy. McNabb already a seasoned veteran. Yeah, um, he was the OC. In with Andy Reid as your actual play caller. Okay. Yeah, okay. 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 But you know. But then he he has a very good offense. Uh, from what's it like? In Philly still, he's the offensive coordinator from 2012 to 15 or something. Uh, right, yeah. No, then he goes to uh, St. Louis where he's the offensive coordinator in 2009 and 2010. 2010, they draft Sam Bradford. And that was, uh, well, yeah, probably his best year overall. He wins rookie of the year in 2010. 18 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, 3,500 yards. Uh, never really repeated that performance. Until that was rookie yeah. of the year worthy? Yeah. Oh, well, my he took, God. 
Yeah, it went seven and nine with the Rams with a yeah, shitty, shitty team. I mean, that, that team sucked. Okay. I don't know if you remember. Uh, 18 touchdowns and 15 picks doesn't sound that great either. Yeah, but that 2009 team was absolutely abominable. They had okay. no one on that offense except Fair for enough. Steven Jackson. Uh, so he goes to – yeah, he's the coach of the Browns for two years. Gets a little bit out of Colt McCoy and Brandon Whedon. Not great, obviously. Back to Philadelphia. <laughs> Back to Philadelphia with Nick Foles. Uh, and then goes to Minnesota, where he's the offensive coordinator, and gets the only other good year out of Sam Bradford. Uh, he gets Sam Bradford to 3,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, five picks, uh, then record 71.6 completion percentage out of Sam Bradford. So that was pretty nice. Uh, obviously goes to – or obviously gets um, Case Keenum – Working in 2017. Right. Gets to the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum. And I thought he got a really good year out of Daniel Jones without um, really any help at wide receiver. Um, and uh, Saquon Barkley out of the year – or out of the offense for most of the year. Yeah, I mean, Saquon I a really good job. was battling injuries. Uh, he started to play really good the last, like, two or three weeks. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if the Broncos have a lot of talent on offense, which we think they will, and Drew Locke is a good quarterback, which it looks like he's going to be, then Pat Shermer will be fine. Uh, I think you'll see the Broncos throw quite a bit, which is exciting. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't know if – Here's, I think the reason they hired him is because I, I really don't think Vic Fangio wants to think about the offense during a game. Yeah, I feel like, like uh, right. he didn't trust Rich Scangarello to be able to make all of the decisions and to just kind of own that job based on his inexperience. And a guy with like Shermer, he's not going to have to think about that. Like he's going to just be like, whatever the offense needs, you just do. And I'll manage yeah. timeouts for the offense. I liked a lot of what Skangirl <laughs> did. Like, I think he had some nice play designs. Uh, I thought he was real. Like, his strength when Drew Locke got in the lineup was the red zone. Like, he really – he got guys open in the red zone and and was really creative, uh, I think, when they got down there, which I think – I know Drew Locke opened a lot of that up because, obviously, Flacco wasn't athletic enough to make those kinds of plays. Uh, but – that was um, that was what he did best, I think. But I think they didn't really match. Vic Fangio, you could tell he's more of an aggressive head coach. And Scangarello, you know, he's got the play designs and um, scheme of someone who's like a forward-thinking head coach uh, and a, a modern offensive play caller. But he's not aggressive, I think, like the NFL uh, is trending towards. That's fair. And I think – Shermer's going to be a much more aggressive sort of. Yeah. And it's not, you're right. It's not just about like play calling. It's about. It's about it's situation. More about situ- yeah, situation. And you could just watching those games, the last two games against the Lions and uh, the Raiders, especially their play calling, their sequencing got really, really predictable. I think they ran on first down, you know, like 80% of the time or something like that. Or at least it felt like 
uh, which is, you know, what the, the numbers say you shouldn't do that. Um, obviously I hate nerds, but there are a lot yeah. of things I agree with. Uh, well, if you had a, a consistently sort of dominant run game, then you can, but the Ron- the Broncos yeah. running game relies so much on, you know, the, the pass being a, a continued threat. Uh, and it's like, and this last season, like their run game wasn't like Lindsay got over a thousand yards, but I don't it felt, think, yeah, it felt it, like it wasn't like 2018 should where have been better. once a game, Philip Lindsay was breaking a, you know, 30 or 40 yard run and you were really excited about it. It was, I don't know. It just, it felt not nearly as threatening this last season. Yeah. Um, it felt like him and uh, the offense, didn't get the most out of Lindsey and Royce Freeman, for that matter. Right. Um, and I think the Broncos are going to need a running back who's going to be – needs to be great at catching passes because I think that's yeah. the other thing. Uh, Shermer will probably utilize running backs in the passing game more. So. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, Philip Lindsay is working out with Christian McCaffrey to become a better receiving back. Uh, so hopefully that – helps a little bit I don't th- he's not going to turn into Christian McCaffrey no no but there's guys like you know maybe in the draft or you bring a free agent like Austin Eckler in I don't know the Broncos are probably going to move on from Devonte Booker yeah uh, so that's Freeman Lindsey uh, who's the guy oh fuck who's the guy they had in the preseason that looked uh like- theoretic no, well, no, not Theo, uh, but the Devontae Jackson. Not him. Uh, the guy from Cal. What's his name? He's another little guy. He looked a lot like Lindsey. I Let can't remember. Find him. Yeah, I can't remember him right now. It was the guy from Cal. I can't remember his name either. Let me um, see if it's if I can find it. Somebody it... listening has the name, and they're. I know. Yeah, they're right really now. pissed off right now that we can't figure it out. I'm going to find him. Where the fuck are you? In the meantime, I'm going to look at uh, – wait a second. I think I got it. No, fuck. Damn it. That's not it either. Oh, what did the Broncos do with Jake Butt, too? He was on IR. No, I know. But what are, they, IR. what are they going to do with him? He's got another year on his contract. Okay, that's good. So they would have to cut him. If they don't want him, which I hope they give him one more chance because why not? You know, I mean, Tyler Eifert didn't really like do anything until like his third or fourth year because of injuries. And then he was great. So, yeah, I really hope they keep Jake Butt and unless he gets injured again, because then like, all right, see ya. Yeah, that feels like pairing Jake Butt with uh, Noah Fant is a no brainer. Oh, Kalfani Muhammad. That's the guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I didn't even see it. It just came to me. Kalfani Muhammad. I just found his name, like, right as you said that. Yeah, and there's, like, there's solid running back prospects, I think, that you could get in the middle of the draft. Like, right. Uh, I don't know where he's going to go. I'm looking at Walter Football, and, I, you know, who knows if uh, they know what they're talking about. They've got J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State going in the second to third round. Uh, let's see. Scotty Phillips from Ole Miss. I I just like his name. Mm. I think he'd fit. Easy, easy to say, easy to spell. Unless yeah. it's just one L in that Phillips. Right. Um, the guy who played for LSU, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
mm. is a great pass catching running back, kind of built Clyde. like CJ Anderson. Clyde's a solid name too. Clyde's such a good name. Uh, the only thing is like, yeah, his name's Clyde, uh, and they call him Clyde the Glide, but he does not glide whatsoever. See it a, just doesn't fit. See a brutalizer. He's very much a brutalizer. Yeah, it's it'd be like calling CJ Anderson like CJ Glide the Glide Anderson. It's just like not like it doesn't match, even though it rhymes. So that's the thing about nicknames; uh, they have to sound good, and also they have to make some sort of sense. You got to be accurate. Fair enough. Yeah. Where's um, Clyde Edwards Alaire going? Yeah, but the point is. We are talk, trying to talk ourselves into being excited about Pat Shermer. Uh, the experience, I think, is big. Um, I don't know how much of a difference he's going to make, but I don't mean that in a total negative way because I think the Broncos' offense was going to be better regardless next season. Uh, so if they take a big leap, we're all going to say that was because of Pat Shermer. Um, and that might not even necessarily be a hundred percent true, but yeah, if they're winning games, it doesn't fucking matter. We will be very excited and I will call him Pat Shermer. Of course, yeah. My heart, you make my heart murmur because it's so excited of, of the offense. Okay. So they're saying Clyde Edwards, no later than day two, most likely. Okay. That might be too. Yeah, it might be too early for a running back and you already have Phil Lindsay. They'll figure it out. They'll do something. I trust them. Trade for Saquon Barkley. Why not? Just Can't Oh yeah, because Derrick Henry's gonna be a free agent too. Everybody yeah, thinks Derrick Henry. Everybody thinks there's gonna be no carries left for Philip Lindsay if we get Derrick Henry. Yeah. And, and I don't think I don't imagine Tennessee letting Derrick Henry go. I don't know, because that's kind of a tough thing. And we can kind of segue this into the uh, Chiefs Titans. Yeah, let's just segue it. But um, they're really running Derrick Henry into the ground right now. More than they have ever at any point. It feels like they're just like squeezing every last drop out of them before kind of letting them move on. Because if you're about to pay a guy like Derrick Henry for the long term, and he's going to command a lot of money after this postseason. And, you know, probably right, rightfully so. But, like, at the same time, uh, I don't know if it's a great investment for a guy who's taking, you know, he was getting, like, 50 carries a game in high school. They're running him to, into the ground at Alabama. Obviously, they're, they're giving him, like, 35, 40 carries a game now. He's going to get a lot more carries Sunday, you know. Hopefully, you know, the well, more carries he gets, the better chance the, the Titans are going to have, I think. I don't think I'd buy that. Was that? Okay. Derrick Henry. And he might, you know, he might be the exception. Like, he might just be a superhuman. Derrick Henry, career career carries, 804 after four seasons. Philip Lindsay, after two seasons, 416. Okay. Throughout most of the season – Henry got between – he got a – I would okay, say he had, averaged uh, – two like, playoff games worth of carries in 2017, and he has two uh, playoff games worth of carries this year. He's about to get another. Yeah, so – but the last three weeks, he's gotten 30 – at least 30 carries, um, yeah, which is 30, high. Yeah, 34. Um, I mean, you got to look at touches, that means, too. Like, they throw the ball a fair amount. 
I don't think that means he's not going to have anything left in the tank for next season. Um, no, I, no think, I don't think like next season it's going to catch up to him, but uh, probably eventually. Right, you're saying that, not that you have to be careful about how much money on how long of a contract you give him. And if he's asking for a long-term yeah, guarantee, he's going to be deal, asking for a lot because well, um, yeah. he could potentially, like, he could be the Super Bowl MVP very easily at this point. Couldn't he? <clears throat> oh yeah, he definitely could be. He got, um, okay. She so had 602 carries in three years at Alabama. Uh, that's quite a few. Yeah, but I think like I think he's built to handle a lot of carries. He might be. I mean, he might be right. Adrian Peterson. Uh, Peterson had two hundred and seventeen or two hundred and eleven carries this last season. Uh, let's see, two thousand seven. Was it one, two, three, four, five, six? Peterson, you had. Oh, wait, sorry. One. You had eight out of nine elite seasons. And to me, like, anything could happen to any player and ruin that. But I feel like Derrick Henry, the Titans figured out how to use him best this season. The offensive line came together, came together late. And yeah. the offensive line's playing really good football right now. So why not just keep feeding Derrick Henry when he's getting, like, five yards almost every time like five it's like a four or five yard run almost feels like a win for the defense right now against Derrick Henry uh I don't think the Titans would let him go but maybe you're right and I am completely wrong uh but I mean I don't think like smart teams are gonna pay uh based on like past performance they're not gonna give him like a congratulations contract for what he did in the playoffs uh, if they're smart, but Somebody I don't know. Maybe, them. you know, he could just be like a superhuman freak, which, well, we know he is, but like, um, you know, maybe he can, maybe he can wear like all those uh, hits and, and carries and, you know, yeah. Cause not everybody can turn, uh, can turn Earl Thomas into their personal blocker. Like Derek <laughs> yeah. Henry did. Uh, that was like yeah. one of the coolest things I've ever seen, honestly, on a football field. Especially to Earl Thomas, who talked all that shit all season, and then before that Titans game, um, just a, a beautiful moment of poetic justice. I think. Dude, hopefully they can do that to the Chiefs. Derrick Henry's stiff arm is so badass. Like, <laughs> if 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 you're a defensive back, you have almost no chance of of tackling him in space because he's just going to put his arm out there. And since he's like what six one or six two, he's six three. He's six three. Yeah, he's yeah. a six three running back. Yeah, like he's like you, Marcus Allen, but just like buffer. Yeah, he just pushes people. It's I love because he's still he's not the fastest guy, but when the defensive backs catch up to him, he just pushes them away. Uh, and he don't get me wrong, he's got this, he's got speed, but they can catch yeah. up to him, and he just does Four, this. Four speed. <laughs> if if you're avoiding a lot of, you know, hits to your legs because you're stiff-arming dudes, I think that prolongs your longevity. I guess. I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm very right here. I hope they do keep him. Like, I, I, I think they're a fun team to watch with him. Yeah, and, like, and I think, I think a he's a team great – that never throws the ball shouldn't be that fun to watch, but they are. <laughs> I mean, well, they do throw the ball, just not in the playoffs. When they don't have to, like, that's – Why would you? 
pairing Derrick Henry with Mike Vrabel is awesome because yeah. <laughs> like Mike Vrabel is the kind of coach you want to have a back who can just beat the shit out of a defense because he's just going to keep doing it over yeah. and over again. Yeah, and why um, not? So Titans at Chiefs. Let me just go through this, this injury updates. Obviously, this anything could change, but uh, Dory Jackson for the Titans, ankle injury, same one he played with last weekend, should play. Logan Ryan got the flu, uh, as did Matt Moore and LaShawn McCoy, but all of those guys should be ready to go. Travis Kelsey. Oh, no, Matt Moore has the flu. Yeah. Could Tough be, break for the Chiefs. Kelsey, little banged up, but he's going to play. The big question mark for, mark for Kansas City is Chris Jones. Uh, yeah. I checked this earlier. I should check today. He did not practice Wednesday. It's that calf strain. Which the I Wednesday think is, practice is pretty, you know. It's usually yeah, you never know. Him, but like in the playoffs, all bets are off. Yeah, I feel like there's a good chance Chris Jones plays, but he's listed as day-to-day, um, and he will be needed, uh, unlike – he was not needed against the Texans. Uh, he will be needed against Eric Henry. And then this is, I think, interesting player that could help Tennessee is Adam Humphreys. Practiced for the first time since week 12 yeah. uh, with an ankle injury. And Humphreys didn't have, like, a super productive season this year. He scored his only touchdowns when Ryan Tannehill uh, took over the offense. But it, he feels like a piece that Tennessee has been missing in the playoffs where you have Derrick Henry. Tennessee hasn't really even been utilizing their passing game, but, like, the the deep ball, it worked last week. They hit the, the, the long play to Khalif Raymond a yeah, lot this season. They, they did that to A.J. Brown. But I feel like if you give Ryan Tannehill a short underneath target especially in short and third situations that Adam Humphreys could be a guy nobody's talked about that makes like an impact in this game. That might yeah, just I mean, be me reaching, but I don't, I don't want to see uh, Tannehill throw the ball more than 12 times in this game, honestly, <laughs> uh, because that's been, uh, <laughs> it's been turning into wins. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got the formula right now against the Chiefs. though. it's a, it's a whole different animal as we know. I think their best shot is, first of all, they're the back end of their defense. The defensive backs are so much better than what Houston had out there. I don't think people realize how bad Houston's uh, secondary was Secondary's. going to that game. Tashawn yeah. Gibson was out. Uh, I think Jonathan Joseph was out too. They were playing Bradley Roby, uh, Vernon Hargraves, uh, that Lonnie Johnson, that rookie who they benched earlier and had to uh, play again. Yeah, pretty much smoked. Uh, no one on their defense was within five yards of any Kansas City receiver for most of the game. Uh, and the other important part, I think, is Tennessee has really, really good linebackers. And Travis Kelsey was murdering um, the Texans linebackers. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so you get the linebackers on him, hopefully limit him a little bit. Uh, obviously, we know Kevin Byard's great. Deion Sanders doesn't know that, but we do. We know it. He, you know, he, they've already played him this season. Obviously, the Texans have too, but I, I think the Titans did a good job against that Chiefs offense uh, in the first game. 
Uh, so, you know, they know what they're getting into. Uh, that game was in Tennessee. This game's obviously in Kansas City. They have to, they have to get off to a good lead like they did uh, in Baltimore uh, to a lesser extent in New England. They just kept it close most of the game and, and were able to dictate the way that they wanted to play the game. And that's hard to do against Kansas City because you could be down 14 nothing within you know five minutes and all of a sudden you can't run Derrick Henry all the time and you have to throw the ball. And that's obviously, you know, there's no reason to think that they can't win that way. Uh, They just haven't had to up until this point. But we know that their winning formula at this point in the season is just run the hell out of the ball, play action early, uh, hit a few big plays with Tannehill, and play really solid defense. Yeah, I, I mean, there are two things. If the Chiefs get an early lead, it's going to be hard for Tennessee to overcome. Yeah. And the other question mark is if Tennessee has to rely on their kicker at all, that is still a huge unknown. Um, Haven't attempted a field goal since week 15. Yeah. So, Which is a hilarious stat. Yeah. But um, it means they're converting in the red zone. So, and I mean, hand it to them. The best thing the Titans can do is start the game with like a long drive that they score a touchdown. Uh, Honestly, here's the thing. Sorry to cut you off, but uh, unless you're in like fourth and 13 or something, like why trot out your field goal kicker at all? No need. I mean, Bill O'Brien showed that that's exactly how you lose against the Chiefs. Yeah. (laughs) Is settling for field goals on fourth and short. uh, Fourth and short. Momentum in your favor. Yep. Don't go for it. I mean, you could we could have told you that after after that play, after that decision, the Chiefs were going to come storming back. Yeah, it just felt like they were going to be outmatched post that point. So, Mike Vrabel, I know you are listening. Um, just go for it. Yeah, just go for it. Vrabel's not going to back down. He's the one no. Belichick disciple that took all of the right parts with him. Um, yeah. I also, mean, he never coached for – he never coached under Bill Belichick, so he never um, got all those weird, uh, creepy right, habits. He just played for him. Um, he just, yeah, he just played for him. Yeah, I think he coached under Bill O'Brien. Oh, so he learned I remember from correctly. the worst. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Uh, but, I mean, here's, here's the real question. Can the Chiefs stop Derrick Henry? Chiefs fans seem to think so, although Kansas City There's no was reason not, to think they should. Kansas City was not good against the run this year. They were uh, no, seventh they were really worst for, for yards given up per game, 128, 4.9 per carry. So, I mean, the way they stopped Derrick Henry is uh, putting the Titans in a situation where they can't run Derrick Henry. Right. And uh, I'm going to talk about this in the, the preview episode. But I was trying to watch, like, how the Broncos stopped Derrick Henry, and the answer to that is all of your defenders have to play really good. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, and um, I think the I first think five times yeah. the first five times Derrick Henry was, like, tackled against the Broncos, it was a different player making the, the stop. Hold on one second. Yeah. Don't fuck with cats. 
goddamn cat. Okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't really gone back and watched that game, but I think that's uh, – yeah, that would be interesting to do. But I, I think be... you can't really undersell the Ryan Tannehill effect on that offense because when Marcus Mariota was in there, you really didn't have to respect the downfield pass. No. He wasn't throwing the ball, you know, five yards down the field. And he's going to make mistakes too. Tannehill like... will go deep at a moment's notice and do it well too, which is the important part. Of course. Yeah. I can't – like, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. I can see so many scenarios playing out. Um, also, you tried to catch me in the picks last week, and it backfired. Yeah, I think – uh, yeah, I don't think I can three. catch you at this point. No. Nope. I think it's I am, over. You are – I blew been, a huge lead like the Texans. Yeah, you're the Texans. I'm the Packers. Just slow and steady. Just yep. keep on winning, baby. All right. So, are, who are you going to take for Titans Chiefs? Uh, I have to take the Chiefs. It hurts okay. me. Um, okay. I I'm going to take the Titty Boys. Good. I mean, yeah, you obviously know more than me. Uh, You're clearly a more accurate predictor of these games. So. Yep. The only one I was sorely glad. wrong about, damn Ravens. Okay, Packers, 49ers, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is in concussion protocol, probably not going to play. Yeah, so. the Packers lost 38-7 to uh, earlier this season in Santa Clara. Uh, see if anybody corrects started. me on that. Uh, yeah, so for <laughs> first meeting, Packers got the shit kicked out of them. They did. Uh, I don't asked, think that matters too much. No. When asked Aaron Rodgers – they're like, what gives you confidence? You can beat the 49ers. He said, well, we had that one really good drive against them. <laughs> so yeah, he is he is Several. ready. He is, his humor is on par for this game. And I think you're right. I think the Packers losing that game badly doesn't affect them poorly at all. Like no, It almost makes it harder for the 49ers because the Packers showed them nothing the first time around. <laughs> yeah, it felt like, honestly, no, you're kind of right. Like, it feels like Aaron Rodgers, when he, he can tell, like, when it's just not going to happen in a, a, you know, in any given game. And I, I don't know if this is, like, the mark of a true competitor or anything, but it feels like he kind of just, like, gives up at a certain point. Like, in that Denver game in, in 2015, it felt like at a certain point he's like, like all right, it's just not going to happen. There's a chance we could play this team in the Super Bowl, so let's just uh, – Shut you know, it down. Let's just shut it down. Like, we're undefeated at this point. Like, this game doesn't really matter. It's not a divisional game. Classic Belichick move, right? Right, yeah. No, it feels like they're just like, okay, they got this one. Let's get them next time. Lose uh, to the team you're going to play in the playoffs so you have their number. Why, they expose all right. of their secrets on film. I mean, I, this could just be like uh, – this might be me outsmarting myself and the 49ers could win like 45 to 10 on Sunday. Um, but I, you know, I think the Packers played um, a perfect game pretty much in the first half and they withstood a Russell Wilson comeback in the second half, which you knew was going to happen and it's really hard to do. And I think that was a really impressive win, even if it wasn't, um, I, even if it wasn't like the most, exciting game to watch uh for long stretches like that's a hard win to get on ho at home or on the road because we know 
the yeah. Seahawks play better on the road. So it, it doesn't really matter in the first place. No, uh, the, the Packers were lucky that Seattle didn't have a running game. Um, right, yeah. And we they probably don't win if the Seahawks can run the football. The 49ers can run the football. They can, yeah. But Jimmy G's no Russell Wilson, so. No, I don't know if they need him to be, though. No, he just got to – he has to do what he's done all season. Play smart football, don't turn it over. Right. Take advantage of your opportunities when they're there. Um, I mean, you have to assume for the Packers that someone other than Devontae Adams has to have a big game because – Oh, yeah. You can, put on, you can put Richard Sherman on Adams for – uh, you know, decent stretches. I, that might I, limit him. But the depth between the depth behind Richard Sherman's a little iffy from game to game. Like the Vikings were torching Akella Witherspoon uh, for you know long stretches in the first half. Oh yeah, he got benched pretty early. Um, yeah, yeah, they put in C.J. Mosley, and I think things got better. Uh, but obviously, like the defensive line is, is the mitigating factor. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't like it doesn't matter if you can pick on someone if you can't get the ball out in less than three seconds. And that's the thing, like the the 49ers defensive line against Green, or, uh, the Vikings, they completely just shut out Dalvin Cook. Yep. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against the the Packers. That's such an absurd. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers isn't going to get sacked six times I don't think like he's too good yeah. at set he, like he's so much better at Kirk Cousins and getting out of those situations and he'll throw the ball out of bounds um before getting sacked most of the time uh, and you know maybe he he's probably better at Kirk Cousins too like in terms of awareness and uh you know knowing where the rush is coming from but the thing against the 49ers is the rush is coming from every position yeah that's like their pass rush is what has been like the difference for them this season. Yeah. Um, I expect the Packers to try to run it quite a bit because uh, as they, you teams have had success running against the 49ers this season. The, the Vikings didn't last week, um, but it will be harder for Aaron Rodgers to, to perform his, his magic against that defense but I'm kind of hoping that Richard Sherman just gets torched by Devontae Adams. Uh, mostly so funny. he can – yeah. Maybe that's going to happen. So um, we can see his post-game press conference is really – really what I want is Devontae Adams and a Packers win for that. But I think I'm going to be rooting overall for the 49ers. There's like – there's too many Broncos ties where I want to see them succeed. Kind of yeah, I mean, obviously, I would like to see Emmanuel Sanders get another <clears throat> Super Bowl ring. Um, Sanders, I, Shaney. As much as it, like, it hurts us to see Kyle Shanahan do well in another team uh, when he was when we let him slip out of our fingers. He was right there for the taking. It was the obvious choice, and we're like, no, thank you. We want an underqualified defensive coordinator from the Miami Dolphins. Mm, please, uh, give us more. But – you know, I you know, that's over. Like Yeah. But also because of that, you know, he got to pair himself with John Lynch and right. I think they it's, have a great relationship. It's like it's it's hard to say whether Elway and Shanahan it, whether Elway would have been as cooperative with Kyle to bring in like the personnel that he wants. And 
Right. I, I don't know if that, I mean, maybe Elway would have paid Jimmy G all that money. We've seen Elway throw money at other quarterbacks, but like. I don't think the Patriots that, would have traded him to us, though. That's the thing. Yeah, fair enough. They didn't, like, they were not trading him in the conference, especially with the team that's. Uh, that's always been, been their the, rivals the their and always been better than them. Mm, the one team that can say. Yeah. It. But um, an interesting Jimmy Garoppolo quote from earlier this week about how the torn ACL last year that he actually suffered against the Chiefs. They could easily play in the Super Bowl. Um, that was like a, that was a huge blessing in disguise for them because without that happening, they don't get the number two pick and they don't get Nick Bosa. Mm. And they're probably, you know, yeah. they have a lot of good players on that defensive line, but I don't know if they are where they are now without him. Yeah, he's a huge difference maker. It's, he's, like, he's the type of guy who you have to focus so much attention on Kind of like Von Miller, uh, it's, it's, you know, when the Broncos were having their 2015 run, if you put too much attention on him, other guys are going to de- destroy you. And right. that's what they were able to build before getting Bosa. And then, yeah, that's – I didn't even think about that, but um, yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. I have to think that Brian Balaga, he missed last week because of, uh, I think, the flu. Yeah. I he can't should be imagine back. That that's going to um, sideline him again this week. Yeah, he should be back. That's a – I mean, they need him. They need they him do. and yeah, – They're really going to need him. What's Bakhtiari? Is he on the other side there? Yeah. Um, they're two good tackles. So, that's – you know, that's going to make a difference, obviously. Yeah. The Vikings have never had uh, a very stalwart offensive line. No, been a while. Um, it has who, been a while. Who are you going to pick, though? Who are you taking? I'll take uh, – I'm taking the two home teams. I'm taking the 49ers. Yeah, I think I had to pick 49ers too. Sorry, Green Bay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but – man. Yeah, I'll take the 49ers. All right, there we go. Should be a good Sunday of football. Mm, Sunday Ladies football. Germs. Well, thanks for listening to this podcast. You did the whole thing. Thank You're you. You're welcome.